wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week, we're looking at the question, how do I come to Jesus? And today we ask what's involved in repentance and confession. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric, once again. Thank you so much, Gary. Great to be here. Yeah, It is so good to have you. Isn't it a marvellous day out there today? Beautiful. I tell you, it was hot. I was out in the van today picking up some of the Aboriginal people. and uh, Yeah, tell us what you did because you've had an incredibly busy day today. I have, yes. We uh, decided to go down to uh, the Koorong Christian Bookshop in Adelaide here and uh, took the folks down there, picked them all up and uh, there's a lot of chatter on the bus and uh, they loved uh, travelling all together and having yeah. a chat. Yeah. And then we go in there and we, we get them a drink and a scone to eat, which they really look forward to. And then they look around the shop, uh, had a great time. And then we went to a nearby Aboriginal art gallery and had a look through there. In fact, uh, some of the uh, draw, uh, some of the paintings up there were done by um, uh, one of the lady's cousins. And uh, and she was telling us the history of some of those paintings. Very in- And they all tell a story. Yeah. Uh, yeah so it's yeah. very interesting. I like your, your shirt, actually. That's very uh, Aboriginal as well. Does that tell a story? Uh, well, I don't know, Gary. You know, like when I first came over here from New Zealand, I bought a shirt that actually was Port Power Colours and I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, look, tell me, though, I really would uh, love your, your wisdom and your advice. Uh, just this last week, my, my son and his wife uh, announced that they're going to be going to be parents. Wow. Now, um, that's going to make me a, a granddad for the first time. Now, I know that you're a vastly experienced granddad. Tell me everything I need to know in the 30 seconds or less. <laughs> well, first of all, Gary, congratulations on behalf of the listeners and myself. I'll give you a COVID handshake across uh, the indeed. desk here. But I tell you, the room's just lit up with your smile. Oh, and yeah, yeah. it's wonderful news. That's fantastic. And my advice would be just enjoy it. It's wonderful, you know. Just run with the excitement of it, and yeah. then you'll find out the, oh, well, when the baby's born, the gender. And then, you know, you've, you'll, you'll be able to be so involved with it. It's so thrilling. Yeah. And uh, you'll thoroughly in love it. So just sit back and enjoy it, go with the flow. That's the thing I've heard from so many grandparents. They say, hey, you know, uh, this is a wonderful experience being able to, to share with your children and with their children, uh, being able to spend time with, uh, with them all. And, uh, that's certainly been very good advice because I know that many have said exactly the same thing to me. And that is, hey, enjoy the ride. Well, the good thing is, Gary, uh, Pastor Gary, it's like having your children all over again, but the thing is you can hand them back when, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard that somewhere <laughs> along the line as well, actually, Eric. But look, let's Come to our uh, religious news segment articles from uh, uh, that I've picked up. You know, I am absolutely amazed at the plethora, the absolute plethora of um, of uh, gender rewrites of politically correct material that I picked up just in today's papers. I cannot believe that just in one day I just opened the paper up and two or three articles popped out at me. Uh, in the Australian, there was uh, an article talking about the German dictionary is about to be rewritten. 
uh, to be gender neutral. And this is what it says. The most influential dictionary in Germany has irritated traditionalists and some linguists by issuing guidance to make the language more gender neutral. Critics say uh, that the edict from Duden, uh, which is similar to the Oxford English Dictionary, results in cumbersome and artificial phrases that are far removed from the way most people speak. In recent years, councils and politicians have have tied themselves in knots as they try to adapt to the linguistic demands of a more liberal age, using exotic hybrids that combine the masculine, the feminine, uh, forms with asterisks, forward slashes, or even underscores. Duden does not exert quite the same authority over the language that it once did, but it's still a popular tool of reference, the article said. The German Language Society said that the new gender-neutral definitions were the product of an elitist milieu uh, that was trying to impose politically correct expressions on the population. That was in the Australian. I, I found that uh, quite uh, quite intriguing because it's certainly something we can relate to. It's certainly happening here in Australia all the time. And then I went to uh, another um, uh, news uh, news site that I, I follow, and uh, this particular one, this article was entitled Hospital Staff Encouraged, and I quite like this actually, Encouraged to Use Chest Feeding, feeding Over Breastfeeding uh, to push uh, the the inclusive um, um, agenda, uh, several hospitals in Great Britain, Britain are telling their staff to incorporate gender inclusive language over gender specific language in an effort to include transgender and non binary patients. According to Bristol Live, uh, Brighton and Sussex University hospitals contended that gender identity can be a source of oppression and health inequality. In response, they are the first in the country to apply what is known as uh, the the additive use of gender-inclusive language. The hospital explains that in the policy document on their website that the new approach involves gender-neutral language alongside the language of womanhood in order to ensure that everyone is represented. Hospital staff will be encouraged to adopt uh, non-binary terms such as chest feeding over breastfeeding, human milk or uh, chest milk or milk from the feeding mother or parent to replace breast milk. Midwives will also start using uh, maternal and parental in place of simply saying maternal, while woman or person will be utilised instead of traditionally referring to birth mothers as simply women. According to Faithwire, the hospitals will no longer use binary exclusive terms such as mother and father. Alternatively, staffers will call the partner of a birthing mother a co-parent or second biological parent. This is actually quite quite challenging to actually get your head around all of this. And then I opened up the Australian this morning. Love this one in the Australian, and it's interesting. You actually also brought this article in, and uh, and I loved what this because I, I thought this is something that maybe over there in Germany, maybe in England, you might get this sort of stuff. But I didn't expect uh, this sort of stuff to come to Australia quite so quickly. But uh, in this morning's uh, advertiser uh, here in Adelaide, uh, the article was entitled "Mums Not." 
the word. It's gestational parent. I love this. Quite a mouthful, isn't it? It's quite a mouthful. Gestational parent. (laughs) Academics at one of the nation's top universities have told staff to stop using words such as mother in favour of gestational parent and to call fathers non-birthing parents. Uh, in a bid to deliver gender-inclusive education. The Australian National University in Canberra has released a Gender Institute handbook instructing tutors and lecturers to use terms such as chest-feeding instead of breastfeeding and human or parent milk uh, instead of mother's milk. It almost looks like uh, ladies have lost breasts. This is amazing. I find this incredible. You know, they now only have chests. They no longer have uh, have breasts. I find this absolutely remarkable. When discussing a childbirth, a t- use the terms gestational or birthing parent rather than mother and the term non-gestational or non-birthing parent rather than father. So, Eric, you're a non-birthing parent. Uh, Eric, tell me something. How do you relate to all of this? Oh, man, I never thought I'd live to see the day, quite honestly. What a... Oh, I don't know where to start on this one, Pastor Gary, I tell you. But, well, so what, if somebody has... Uh, a woman has breast cancer, you call it chest cancer, do you? Well, that's... Uh, that, 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 I, that I assume on? would be the way it would actually oh, okay. work. Oh, I, I assume that's the way it would yeah. You know, Eric, the thing that really... Um, as I look at this, I'm just so conscious that we are become we are coming into a world that is becoming more and more confused, aren't we? Well, it's tearing down the original structure of the family unit, isn't it? Yeah, Taking indeed. away the words that were all so... I, I mean, hopefully grandparent is okay. Uh, granddad, I, I don't know if you'll be, you wouldn't be able to call granddad either because there's the male sort of form of that or grandma. That might, that's probably out the door as well. All these things, so it's going to roll on, isn't it? We're going to see this coming in more and more. I'll be really interested time. to see if it actually does take mm-hmm. off in Australia, because Australians, of course, have a have a a, a, a desire to actually shorten terms rather than lengthen them. <laughs> yes. And uh, what tends to happen here is that all these terms become uh, greatly lengthened. Yeah. Uh, so I I think within the Australian culture, I hope there is enough common sense for people yeah. uh, to simply uh, maintain. Uh, that which is is common yep. and and well accepted. I think a lot of this will just go over people's heads, and they'll just keep on saying what the terms they want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to to me, as I sort of look at, look at the scriptures, I sort of I look at you know Genesis one uh, twenty twenty seven. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created them, male and female. He created them. Mm. Do you know, it really, as I look at the, uh, the word of God way back at the beginning, I just see such a, a simplicity there. We have the God of heaven and earth who has created mankind in his own image, mm. in a, in a way whereby he's able to, able to say he created male and female and both in the image of God. And yet, our world right now is so much breaking down what God has actually created. Do you know, 
I think it actually says a great deal to us. Yes, it does. And, you know, the, the whole foundation of the family unit, the whole structure of our, our roles in society our, our, as, as in a relationship, that is our solid foundation in the Word. And when you haven't got the Word as the foundation in your life, then everything around it is going to crumble. And we yeah. see that. Everything's out the window. Yeah. Everything. And then you're going to get extreme groups coming in. And before you know it, it's all going to fall away. And yeah. this is... This is what we're seeing right now. It's been happening for a while. Yeah. And it's going to yeah. continue to, well, unfortunately, it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and certainly mm. as you read the scriptures and talks mm. about the day and age in which we're living, uh, we're just so conscious that there are going to be significant changes in our world. And I think we're certainly starting to see, uh, that progression happen in our day and age. And that progression is certainly rapid. I yeah. mean, all the things we've seen is rapid. These events are now very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. moving. Very you know, when I first started in ministry, one of the things I was so conscious of is that every now and then I'd see a, a significant article in the paper and I'd actually clip it out and I'd actually use it uh, for uh, maybe six months before another article actually came along with the, with the transition. You know, looking at some of the, the major uh, trends that are happening in our world and you'd see uh, one trend give way to another trend, but there was always a period of time between them. Uh, these days, these articles I've collected today, I only had to go to two papers, both of them published today, and found three articles there, all on the same subject. And it just, today's news is being replaced so rapidly by uh, tomorrow's news. And uh, tomorrow's news is almost uh, like a big, a big cycle and uh, and these things are overlapping each other. The abortion law is another one that's quite extreme. Another one too is uh, in uh, Melbourne where they bought, they're trying to get a bill through where you can't pray. If somebody asks you to pray, you you you're not supposed. You can actually be fined for praying with them. They're trying to get a bill through right now yeah. that will stop you doing that as an influence in their life. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. And and, and at some, you know, I mean, and so that point where where Christians just have to say, sorry, can't do that. Mm. And and that that is something. I mean, if a person requests prayer, yes. um, that is something that. Uh, sorry, um, there are there are some things that uh, that Christians have been called to do, and certainly one of those things is to pray. Mm. Um, but anyway, look, let's come to uh, uh, come to some music. This is uh, uh, Fountain View Academy and Orchestra, and uh, the song is Champion of Love. And gentlemen, may I have your attention? I want to introduce to you In this corner of the good and the right Stands a champion robed in white His height exceeds the heavens His weight outweighs the world His reach reaches everywhere His age is ever Champion of love 
his hometown to enter this arena to raise his hands in victory for me. An angry crowd crucified this king who wore their crown and they gladly watched their champion going down. Oh, but I will never count him out for I'm a witness of the day he rose to retain the title Academy and the uh, the song is ch- is champion of of love and uh, indeed that's exactly what Jesus Christ uh, is. Uh, we've got a wonderful gift for you today. It's the book uh, Steps to Christ. Eric, Steps to Christ. Do you know it? Oh, read it many times. It's a wonderful book to have in your library. It is so full of God's love, and it just brings the scriptures alive. I've I've actually given it to many people. Is it a is it a big book? No, it's quite a, a, um, a small, narrow book, but it's it, it's easy to read. It's I'm not that great. I must admit, I'm not you know full yeah, reader on. Yeah. But I found this book very easy to read, and often I go to it, and it just insp- it's so inspiring with God's love. Yeah, given it to many people, and, and it's it's changed lives. It's brilliant. I've actually used it many times mm. for my personal devotional yes. time in in the morning yes. because mm. Steps to Christ, as the mm. title indicates, simply it has got uh, I think it's uh, ten or eleven uh, short chapters there mm. uh, talking about how a person can come to Jesus Christ. It starts by talking about the, the love of God. It, it finishes by talking about discipleship. And uh, I have found that just reading just a page or two of this book uh, of the morning makes an – this is an incredible uh, devotional book for your for your early morning um, uh, sharing with, uh, with Christ. It's, uh, it's actually my second best uh, book outside of the well, – outside of the Bible. I have two really special books. First is Desire of Ages. I love – very, yeah, yeah, and yeah. steps to Christ is, a, is right behind that. And of course, Desire of Ages is a much larger book, <laughs> and it's an yeah. excellent book. But this book, Steps to Christ, is mm. much smaller, yeah. uh, and and really has has impacted the lives of so many people. For, guys, we're giving away this week Steps to Christ. If you would like a Steps to Christ, uh, then uh, please feel free to to text us. It's o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That's 04 888 808 
11. And we're giving that book away. Just send uh, a text to that uh, to that number. This is a text-only uh, number. Just send your name, your address, and your mobile number, and uh, we will send uh, to you uh, by uh, as fast as method as we can uh, the book Steps to Christ. Oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. You'll really appreciate uh, this uh, this particular particular book. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q and A with Pastor Gary today. Our co-host is Eric Horan. Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church, and this week we're looking at the subject: How do I come to Jesus? And today we're asking, what's involved in repentance and confession? Now, repentance and confession is a really a really big subject. You know, coming to Christ. You know, what what is actually involved? I was uh, I had the privilege some time ago to to, to visit America. I uh, I moved into uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I particularly wanted uh, to look at an area where the Amish live. Now, of course, the Amish are a remarkable group of people. They still drive uh, in horse drawn carriages. They still uh, farm using horse drawn methods. Uh, in in that particular area. Uh, just before we arrived, there had been a shooting and uh, uh, the small community was called Nickel Mines. And in that community in today, there's actually an empty, there's a quiet field next to a, a country lane. But the reality is it wasn't always empty and it wasn't always quiet. You see, on a chilly October day in 2006, recess had just ended at the little schoolhouse. 20 Amish children were gathering back into their small one-room schoolhouse. A local milk truck driver, Charles Roberts, he wasn't Amish, he pulled up in front of the school and went inside. After he let the adults and the boys go, he lined up the remaining 10 little girls up in front of the chalkboard and shot them. Why does a person do this? In the days that followed... It wasn't the hate of the killer, but the forgiveness of the victim's families that actually became the centre of this story. Now, as I researched this, and I was actually in the area and I picked up a number of books at the uh, at the time that spoke about this, uh, because America was actually shocked at this story. Uh, but it was also inspired that these gentle people could offer forgiveness because that's exactly what they did when their children and grandchildren had been murdered. One grandfather said of the, uh, one grandfather of the victim said, we mustn't think evil of this man. I mean, that's a remarkable thing to say. Another Amish father uh, said uh, he had a mother and a wife and he's standing before God uh, now. An Amish neighbour comforted the Roberts family hours after the shooting and extended forgiveness to them. The Amish visited and comforted the shooter's widows, parents and parents-in-law. One Amish man held Roberts' uh, sobbing father in his arms for almost an hour to comfort him. The Amish set up a charitable fund for the family 
of the shooter. The shooter, of course, had committed suicide. The Nickel West Mine School was demolished the following week. The site was left just as quiet pasture. You know, Eric, as I as I read this, as I was in Nickel Mines in Pennsylvania, and I researched this particular story, my mind went out because this issue of forgiveness is so huge. I mean, this week we're talking about, hey, how do I come to Jesus Christ? Uh, you know, forgiveness is you know is something that He has certainly done for us, but then we're challenged to forgive others as well. Um, you know, Eric, tell us, how does this whole thing work? You know, where does um, confession and repentance fit in the, in the big picture of coming to Jesus Christ? Well, Gary, it's, it's the foremost. It's right at the front line. Um, when you give your heart to Jesus, you come to recognize your condition. You've got to recognize your condition first. You and I and the listeners are very fortunate, very fortunate in today's world. The reason being is that we have the sin problem in all of us, and it's there, but we've got the antidote. Yeah. We've got the antidote yeah. to that, and yeah. a lot of people. Uh, and I mean, today in uh, in Australia, the antidotes arrive for the virus, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, there's another virus, yeah. and that's the sin problem that's going to cause death. The Bible says that, the and sin that's is more pervasive yeah. than anything that COVID has actually brought along. And and it's almost like a silent killer as well. You know, you can't yeah. recognise the symptoms, and this is the thing. But we've got that antidote through Jesus, and and repentance is the start of it. You know, like I've been reading for this uh, particular study, I've also been reading Steps to Christ along with the Bible. You know, and it says there in chapter three, it says how just how can a man be just with God? We've we've committed this sin problem in our life. We've got a sin problem in our lives. How can we face a God? That is sinless because you couldn't face God. If you had sin, you know, you would die. So how do we do that? How shall the sinner be made righteous? And, um, uh, this was asked in the Bible as well in, uh, in Peter, uh, Acts 2, 37, 38. What shall we do? The first word of Peter's answer was repent. Repent. Yeah. At another time, shortly after, he said, repent and be converted that your sin may be blotted out. So here is the first thing. When you recognize that Jesus, is the Son of God. When you accept Him and and no matter what you've done in your life, you see Him there and you recognize Him, that is the very first thing. And then the next thing is that when you do that, when you see Jesus, you then look at your own condition in your life. It it it, it strikes you as a difference between your life and the life that Jesus lived and what he's saying is the right way to walk. Yeah. That's yeah. the very first point. In other words, there's actually a a perfect example there. Uh, Jesus has actually displayed the way life is meant to be lived because the way that we live life today is actually not the way that it was intended that life be lived. But Jesus came as a as a marvelous example to us as to how to live life. Mm. And it's when you're living in darkness 
and you're living with others in darkness, you don't you you know no better. You know this is it. This is life. Yeah. This is the way it is. When we do when you do an evil thing like we've just read, that's just part of life. Yeah. That's just you're part of the system. If you believe in evolution, this is just the way it is. And uh, but when you are a Christian and when Jesus comes and shows you the way to live, then you start to pull out and you recognize, hey, this isn't right. This isn't the way we should be living. And the closer we get to Jesus, the more we see our own condition. And this is called repentance because um, repentance includes sorrow for sin. It's a sorrow that you've done wrong. Okay. You know, like... You know, we all have that. I believe that those who don't believe in Christ, there's some good people out there. There's actually a thing, you know? isn't there, Eric, that's called, we call it guilt. And, mm. you know, I, I'm so conscious that there are many people in our world today who are carting around huge amounts of guilt for stuff that they've done in the past or have done more recently even. And this is, it's like a load that they've, that they're carrying on their back. And there is actually, Scripture actually points out a way in which guilt can actually be relieved from the back of the individual. Mm. It's a burden. I mean, the whole thing about sin is that um, there is a repercussion for sin at the end, but I believe that the... the the um, what you're doing when you sin, uh, the uh, the the package you get with that is is long of life long life lasting, if you like. You know, it it yeah. affects your mind, it affects the family, whatever it is that you've done wrong, whether you've done it in secret or out in the open, mm. it really has um, such an effect on your life that it actually brings destruction now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, many people I know that have gone off the rails and, and because they've done wrong and continued on that journey are on that. But Christ said there is a way, the, the Bible gives us a way out that Jesus came to set us free from the sin problem. Okay. He came to set us away. And, and to the listeners, those who are following that way, uh, understand that it's a journey. Mm. I mean, it took me a long time when I understood that some of the truths of the Bible, it took me uh, um, years to actually accept his word to move down that path mm-hmm. because I was conditioned by the world through your bringing up or your friends. You're conditioned to that in the world. But to go in a different direction and to come to Christ and follow him uh, is is quite a commitment. And some people step out straight away, but for me it took years to accept what he was saying. Okay, so for you this was actually a process to actually move from where you were to to fully accepting what the what the word was actually presenting. Yeah, I I understood and and I still remember now looking back, I still know and today I still feel it the uh, the wonderful truths of Jesus setting us free. Mm. And I know that I know that um that when I started to follow him and I had my doubts. I mean, we all have our doubts. How am I going to if I keep Saturday as a Sabbath, I was getting triple time. How could I bring up my family? You know, all yeah. these yeah. all these human issues. But then when I came closer to Jesus, understood him and believed him and saw the saw his wonderful truths, it brought me it brought me to the stage where I had I had no choice in my life. I wanted to do it. He wasn't forcing me to do it, yeah. but he was drawing me to him. And Christ draws us to him. 
And that's, that yeah. seems to be the way it works because, you know, you get, uh, I think of Psalm 19, you know, King David sitting under a tree. He's writing this particular psalm and, and what he says is the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. More to be desired than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honeycomb. And you know, the reason that to me that's actually so important is because what we find in the scriptures, what we find in the law of God, and of course Christ amplified the law in the in the New Testament. What we find there is a way of living. It's a path that can take us home. Um, but the trouble is, is that most of us, as you've correctly expressed, have actually moved against that that law. Now, of course, that means that within our minds we start to carry this thing called guilt. And there are many people who don't actually recognize that going against the the principles that are giving, given in the Word of God actually creates a thing called called guilt. You know, an individual might, for example, um, decide to, to live in an adulterous uh, lifestyle. That does actually have a negative impact on you. Now, even though you might not be a believer, it hurts you and it's going to hurt those that you're involved with. You know, there is something here that uh, people have, have to recognize what is actually uh, going on in their lives. And of course, what Jesus does is Jesus actually points out, he points out uh, what is this thing called called truth and the holy spirit draws us back to jesus christ and you know one of the things i love about what the teaching about the te- teachings of jesus is the way that he does um uh encourage us to come back to the principles that were given to us way back at the beginning. And, you know, all you've got to do is to go through the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. And you just see this happening time and time again, Uh, Christ drawing people back to a better way of life. Yes, and he and they flock they would have travelled a long way to see him up on the mountains and in the hills and yeah. and what he was saying was was um like releasing the chains to them. Yeah. Because they were caught in all this and they could put all that aside and listen to his words that actually brought them peace. It lifted them up from their their dreary what was happening in their lives. But the truth was entering their hearts, you know. You know, I, I often wonder about David Pastor Gary, because yeah. I look at that, and I, you know, when I first studied the Bible, I thought, well, here is here is King David, right? He he sees this woman Bathsheba, and he uh, he he likes her, and unfortunately she was married, but she, he decided no, he he would really like to get to know her better, so he slept with her, and she got pregnant, and mm-hmm. then he thought, oh no, I've got a problem now. So what does he do? He sends her husband out. Um, Uriah and sends him to the front line, tells the commander to put him actually on the front line where he's more likely to get killed, hoping yep, that he would yep. be killed. So that, but he was actually encouraging, um, Uriah when he called him home to sleep with his wife, but he wouldn't do it because, you know, this is a very involved story. But at the end, uh, I, I looked at that and I uh, thought, you know, he, and he lost his life. Uriah lost his life. And I thought, well. So David, David was actually a, what would you call, a, an adulterer, but he was also a murderer because the, uh, the, the, he murdered the, uh, the husband of the, of Bathsheba. Who he had committed adultery with. Yes, that's right. And she got pregnant, and uh, eventually, uh, after all this, the baby actually died. 
Yeah. Uh, and then Solomon was born. Yep. Down yep. the track, yep. you know. Yep. So, but it, but interesting to me that in Psalms he 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 found forgiveness. And and this I think Eric is is really important what you're actually sharing now because of course David in response when he was found out because he was found out as yeah. so often does happen yeah. um he actually writes Psalm 51. Mm. Tell us about it. Yeah. Psalms 51. Uh, beautiful. Uh, it, say, it starts off and says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And, and here, you know, sometimes when we do something wrong, we try to cover it up like David did. Yeah. And yeah. it, uh, but the guilt was still there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, sometimes we've got to be careful that when we come to Christ, and repent to him that we are truly sorry yeah. for the sin yeah. we've done. Because yeah. if we aren't truly sorry, then we could just carry on with another sin and another sin, you know, in the same yeah. vein. Yeah. Yeah. So what he's saying here, I see here as David, he says, For I acknowledge my transgression and sin is ever before me. It's a burden on him. Yeah. He feels it. He wants release. And the only way that David is saying here now is he's coming to Christ. You are my only hope. Mm. You're it. Mm. And there's nothing else in the world that says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. There's a beautiful hymn on that, absolutely beautiful. Create in me a new heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore me unto the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Here you can see his pleading, his earnestness to release. The, this is a true confession. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful. This, th- this yeah. is, I mean, those words at the very end to me mm. are actually so powerful. Yeah. Create in me a, new a, heart. a clean heart, mm. O oh God. Renew a red steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, to me, this is something that uh, so many people in our world don't actually realize that when we are actually walking with Jesus Christ, the fruit of that is actually peace and joy. Mm. And there yeah. are so many people who are actually struggling with this thing called guilt in fact i i know people who go to you know a lot of a lot of psychiatrists because hey you know they're, they're dealing with issues of of guilt and mm. instead of somebody saying to them hey you know the answer to guilt is actually repentance mm. then you know I, I i look at this eric and i, I just mm. simply saying hey david is saying something here that I really think our world needs. Well, the, the, something interesting to me, Gary, which I never sort of thought about before, was the Bible does not teach that the sinner must repent before he can heed the invitation of Christ. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because Romans 5.8 says, But God commanded his love towards us, and that while we were yet, yet sinners, sinners. Yeah. Christ died for us. Okay. So here we see that the fact that no matter what you've done in your life, you know, don't put that up as a block between coming to Christ, that you don't feel you're good enough to walk into a church or come to one of your meetings that's going to happen shortly. And, and this is actually so important, what you're actually saying there, because, you know, one of the things that often happens is a person will say, I'm too great a sinner to come to Jesus Christ. Mm. And that is actually becomes a blockage in coming to Christ. So what you've actually said, and of course what you've just said actually comes from that book, 
Steps to Christ. And mm-hmm. I, I would encourage our listeners to actually pick up uh, that book, that free gift. Uh, you will love it mm-hmm. in your devotional time. That's right. And the other thing, too, and we're talking about all this, too, Gary, is that there's another point here, too, uh, through the study of this, is that um, sometimes we feel that by uh, following the law uh, that we uh, we have righteousness um, and uh, it's actually the spirit of the law that actually saves us and and how we why we apply that law to our lives like forgiving other people God says how can I forgive you if you do not forgive other people you know um, and in Romans uh, seven to nine uh, it says there that uh, when the commandment comes, sin revived and I died. Philippians 3, 6 says, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is the law, makes me blameless. But the law doesn't make us blameless. It's actually the spirit of the law. It's actually uh, why you're coming to Christ to, to have that forgiveness. What you and I do cannot save us. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. point. Yeah. But when we come to Christ... And uh, and we see the spirit of what he is saying because you've got to remember that um, the Pharisees turned away from those in need because they thought they were unclean. That wasn't the spirit that Christ was talking about. Mm. This is in full repentance. It means that you come under the spirit of God and uh, you may have the law which helps us and, 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 and gives us a better life. But it's actually the spirit of the law of going on your knees and as David did and, and, and throwing it all and having a broken heart. Yeah. The Pharisees yeah. thought they're already yeah. there. So there's a big lesson in that for us, I yeah. believe. Come unto me, all you who labor yep. and are heavy laden, yep. and I will give you rest. Amen. Look, Eric, let's come to some, some music. This is yep. Andy McLeod. This is a, a song, A New Heart.
Cloyd, uh, that is the prayer that we have for, for you today. Uh, our free gift for you today is the is the beautiful book, Steps to Christ. This is a wonderful devotional book. Uh, this is a book that I use. I've read regularly, and uh, I use it as a devotional book uh, early in the morning to be able to read just a couple of pages along with my Bible. Uh, I find it brings me closer to Jesus Christ. If you'd like to come uh, to Jesus Christ, uh, then why not request the book Steps to Christ? It'll show you how uh, in uh, a number of very uh, concise chapters. If you'd like that book, just send your name, your address and your uh, mobile number. Just text it. Just text that uh, with the uh, with the book request Steps to Christ uh, 04888. 80811. That's 04888 80811. You'll love uh, this uh, this particular particular book. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. Uh, this week we're looking at how do I come to Jesus, and today we're asking what's involved in repentance and confession. Eric, um, thanks so much for what you're actually sharing. Bring it together for us, if you would. I think uh, the best way to finish this tonight, today's program off, Gary, is uh, found in Luke 18, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Okay. And this is a complete, uh, this is really good. I think this brings the point tonight. It says, also, he spoke this parable in verse 9 of chapter 18 of Luke. It says, also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortionists, unjust, adulterers, or even 
as this tax collector down here. So he's really putting. You can almost, he's really looking down his nose at this fellow, isn't he? He's putting him at the bottom of the heap. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we yeah. don't like taxes a hard time, but gee, I wouldn't do that. But anyway, he's doing this. And he says, I fast. This is how he goes on. I fast twice a week. So now he's saying what he's doing. I fast twice a week. I give tithes to all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, I tell you now, Jesus said in verse 14, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So all the, um, all the tax collector did was say, to God, be merciful for me, for I am a sinner. He didn't look at what he was doing. And Jesus says it was actually that man who goes to his house accepted, and all he did was pray a prayer saying, God... Be merciful to me, a sinner. Yep. And it's interesting because um, if you read um, Steps to Christ, when you get the book yeah. and you read this, have a look at chapter 30 and, and verse 2 because it says there, uh, the poor publican who prayed, God be merciful to me, a sinner, regarded himself as a very wicked man. Mm. And others looked upon him in the same light. So everybody looked upon him as a wicked man. He felt his need. He saw saw his need. And with his burden of guilt and shame, he came before God asking for his mercy. His heart was open Mm. to the Holy Spirit. Mm. And this is when the heart, this this, uh, contrite heart is so important that we do it in this way. And then the Pharisees' boastful, self-righteous prayer showed that his heart was closed against the influence of the Holy Spirit because of his distance from God. He had no sense of his own defilement because he thought he was doing all these other things. Yeah, yeah. And in contrast with the perfection of the divine holiness, he felt no need and he received nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I appreciate what you're actually saying there because that is so relevant to the to the day and age in which we're actually living today, isn't it? You know, I mean, I know in in my ministry, I have seen so many people who are coming to Jesus, coming to that point of saying, "Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner." Is something that there's actually a, a seems to be almost been a block there. But the very moment that they uh, that they make that statement. It just seems that as something comes over them, the Holy Spirit seems to mind, seems to uh, take the, start them on a journey that takes them home. I remember one time a Bible study in our Aboriginal group, and we were talking about the sin problem and and repentance, and there were some lines there, and so we got all the Aboriginal people to read it all together, and it said, "Lord, I recognise you." as our Saviour and God. Yeah. Please, Lord, forgive my sins and set me free. I give my heart to you today. And some of the people started crying. It was just an immediate reaction, yeah. a sense yeah. of burden being lifted, you know. Uh, and finally here, we're in, uh, coming back to steps to Christ. There's something here. It says here, and this is really important, if you see your sinfulness, do not wait to make yourself better. How many there are who think they're not good enough to come to Christ? Do you expect to become better through your own efforts? There is help for us only in God. We must not wait for stronger persuasions, for better opportunities, or for holier tempers. We can do nothing of ourselves. We must come to Christ just as we are. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think that's beautiful, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you see that right through the scriptures, you know. Yeah. Right yeah. through the um the the prostitute, the one they were going to st- one caught in adultery as well. You can see right the theme right through of people who uh, needed to be forgiven, and when they were forgiven, it, it, they they the forgiveness that they felt was more to them because they had. They, they needed that forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. So Can I just encourage you, please, if you, if you want to come to Jesus Christ, this is actually a book that will lead you on that particular journey. Yeah. Uh, you can text 04888. 808 11 and send your just say steps to Christ with your name your address and your telephone number and we'll get that book uh, on on its way to you um, Eric I'm just wondering how would you like to maybe uh, pray because I'm just really conscious that there may be some people out there who have never accepted uh, Jesus Christ and I just love to be able to um, have have you pray, and I'd like to encourage our folks if there is anyone who um, feels like that sinner who Christ spoke about in his parable, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I just really like you to bow your heads with Eric, uh, because uh, we would like you to invite Jesus Christ into your life. Eric, would you pray for us? Sure. A dear heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you, Lord, for coming into our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the changes that you wrought in us. And some of them, Lord, we were not expecting. Things that we never thought we would follow, we're now following you. And things we've given up, Lord, that were doing so much harm. But, Lord, we're all sinners. Each one of us is a sinner. And, Lord, you see us all the same, not one above another. We're all equal in your eyes. Mm. And Lord, you know that we all have this sin problem and you've come to set us free. You've come to save us, Lord. You've come to take that burden away. I just pray today, Lord, that each one of us listening today and here in the studio, that each one will once again give our lives to you. We pray, Lord, that you will break our hearts, that as we come close to you, that we may have a different heart, that we may have a, be, have a born-again experience that as we struggle with the sins of this world, the temptations around us, the way this world is going and the, the harder it is to follow you, we pray, Lord, that we'll stay close to you. And if there's listeners out there, Lord, that need to come to you, and they will be, that will come to you today in repentance and forgiveness, seeking you, we pray, Lord, that you'll lay your hand upon them right now and bring them freedom and tell them, Lord, that God says that you are forgiven. And then when we feel that forgiveness, Lord, you tell us that our sins are thrown into the depths of sea, never to be remembered again. We thank you, Lord, that you're our saviour, the only one that can take this burden away from all of us. And then when that burden's gone, Lord, we pray that if there's anybody here that is, has got a fault against somebody else or holding a grudge against somebody, we pray, Lord, that they'll let that go too, that they may come and tell them that they love them and that they're sorry and that they will come together. Because life is short, and Jesus is waiting for us all. So bless each listener, we pray. In Jesus' name today we ask. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I share with uh, Pastor David Butcher. We'll be asking, what does it mean to be born again? We really look forward to seeing you 
But until then, please remember, Christ said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy Salah. You are my hiding place. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. in you Let the weak say I am strong in the strength